Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. We are in Mark chapter 8 today. Mark chapter 8. Sticky notes everywhere. When you see my sticky notes laying around, that's like my brain shedding, I think. (laughs) I work off of sticky notes. Mark chapter 8, verse 31. Then Jesus began to tell them that the Son of Man must suffer many terrible things and be rejected by the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but three days later he would rise from the dead. As he talked about this openly with his disciples, Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Jesus turned around and looked at his disciples, then reprimanded Peter. Get away from me, Satan, he said. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Then calling the crowd to join his disciples, he said, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the good news, you'll save it. What do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my message in these adulterous, sinful days, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Jesus went on to say, I tell you the truth, some standing here right now will not die before they see the kingdom of God arrive in great power. Lord, this is your word, alive and active. May it bring forth what you desire today in Jesus' name. Amen. So, a year ago, I don't know, anyone else, maybe this was just me, I don't know, but the the shutdown, I I, I had this thought, you know, we're going to be home, and it was funny, I was looking at memories on Facebook this week where it said, hey, we're going online for a couple weeks. (laughs) We didn't know what we were doing, did we? But, you know, we had this shutdown coming, and I don't know, I thought, man, this is a great time to just get healthy, like... I'm home, I'm not having to eat fast food like I normally do when I'm traveling and having to go places. Um, we can exercise, right? They, everybody started pushing, hey, you can still go outdoors, you can still take walks. So, you know, you thought you were going to get healthy. Is that, anybody else, did anybody else have that thought? Yeah, okay. But the reality, <laughs> the reality was we began to snack too much. We talked last week about baking bread. People learned to bake bread. Got on TikTok, and TikTok taught me how to eat new snacks that I'd never heard of. Hey, one of my favorite things I learned on TikTok, you take those mozzarella cheese sticks, and you get you a good nonstick skillet, and you just melt it and brown it, and you, you know, flip it over and just put your little garlic salt on it. It's the bomb, I'm just telling y'all. It's great. And if you're one of these not eating bread, Paula, you can eat them them cheese sticks. So we, we were eating way too much, we discovered, during shutdown, right? Then when we began to kind of 
mosey back out into the real world, we discovered that our blue jeans didn't fit so good anymore. Right? Because we were too used to wearing those yoga pants and sweatpants everywhere, jammy pants, because <laughs> we didn't go anywhere, right? Anybody else? Or was that just me? <laughs> Yeah, okay, come on, let's be honest. Y'all can't lie in church, you know that, right? I mean, we all have those moments, right, where where we put on something and it just doesn't fit the way it used to. Mm-hmm. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's just a little bit more snug. It's uncomfortable, right, until we make a change. Well, today's text is like that. Today's text can be a little bit uncomfortable when we begin to look at it. I mean, why not? How can Jesus talk to Peter like this? I mean, come on, would we not understand if this was Judas he was having a discussion with? Get behind me, Satan. Oh, yeah, that's Judas. This is Peter. Y'all remember Peter, right? He walked on water. He, he trusted Jesus so much, he walked on water. You remember Peter that just right before, the same chapter, chapter 8, Peter says who Jesus is. You're the Messiah. Like, you, you remember Peter. I'm ready to die with you, Jesus. And he's getting reprimanded by the Messiah. It gets uncomfortable. Because if Jesus can reprimand Peter like this... What about us? Where does that leave you and I in our walk? You see, Satan is an adversary. Now, when I say Satan, maybe we think of that little red dude with the horns and little tail. And I'm sorry that Jake is asleep. I needed him to draw me a Satan today. Man, I actually, I have this thing when I put my sermons together now that I'm actually thinking, how will the spate kids represent this on paper? Sometimes it scares me. Sometimes it makes me change how I say something, just in case, you know. I'm loving it. I I had the conversation this week. I know we miss children's church. I know we're missing some things, but I wouldn't trade it for anything of what I've seen in our young kids and what they've learned being in our church. Remember when we used to call this big church? Hmm. It's our church. It's their church. And that's okay. That's okay that they've learned that this year. And I hope it sticks with them. So when we think about Satan, maybe you think of that little red dude. We we have all kinds of cartoons. You know, you got the horns or the halos, horns versus halos. Or maybe it's that old adage of who sits on my shoulder. Well, guess what? Snapchat has a filter for that. Who sits on my shoulder? Who are your best advisors? Now, Snapchat chose these people, not me. So if you're watching Mandy James, you're my angel. (laughs) Alex is my little devil. (laughs) It's actually almost too accurate, I'm just saying. But you know what I'm talking about. We have that little thing, you know, where we think about the voice in our head and who's trying to tell us what to do. And we, we we think of Satan like that, just that little voice, that little red dude, right? But that's why when I preach so often, and and maybe you'll hear this from now on, a lot of times I may not say Satan. I actually say enemy. Because too often if I say Satan or the devil, 
Oh, he took it down, but that's okay. You think of cartoon characters. You think of things that are not real. Satan is very real. You have an enemy. So I want you to listen to what Jesus is saying today because this is important. All right? He wasn't just saying, Peter, you're annoying me. Get off my shoulder. All right? Satan here means adversary. And if you look up adversary, it means one's opponent. One who opposes, resists, maybe even a tempter is how we could say it. So he's telling Peter, you're my opponent right now. You're resisting what I'm telling you. You're not seeing the things the way God sees it. Now, in verse 31, we see Jesus explaining. He's talking about the death that's coming. He's talking about the resurrection. And he is very straight up with this. This is not a parable. This is him talking to his disciples in the most open, candid way he can. Like there's nothing to even try to figure out. Now, I'm sure they were still a little confused because like, who predicts their death, right? Who predicts a resurrection, right? So he's being straight up, but Peter opposes. He resisted. He pulls him aside really quick and he says, whoa, 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 Jesus, no, 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 you're getting a little crazy here. We don't have to go all that way. Like, what? No, no, like... And we don't know the conversation that exactly none of the Gospels tells us what Peter says to Jesus. But I'm guessing that Peter makes a pretty good argument. I'm guessing that he is tempting. Do you, do you understand? Jesus faced temptations just like you and I. That's why he understands us. So this argument that Peter is making is like, hey, hey, okay, whoa, let's just slow the roll a little bit there, Jesus. Like, okay, I know we've got this end game, but like the cross, like, I don't think we have to die for it. Like, there's got to be a better way. Anybody who, who in here, you're the master of figuring out every way possible to get to point B, right? We're good at that. Figuring out the best way. And it must be a pretty convincing argument for Jesus to turn around and respond as harshly as he did to Peter. So Jesus then is rebuking Peter for whatever this conversation was and says, get behind me, adversary. Get behind me because you're resisting. And he says, you know, you're not seeing things from God's view. You're looking at it how you want to fix it. Oh, church, we're good at that. Check your prayers at the door. Because we usually show up with the solution for God, right? God, here's the problem and here's how you can fix it. <laughs> Get behind me, Satan, because you don't see it the way I see it. When we think of a cross, we often think of pretty things that we put on our wall. We decorate with it, right? Or it's a beautiful piece of jewelry. You know, we, we collect it. But today I want us to realize because, you know, he says you're going to have to take up your cross. And I'm pretty sure it wasn't the pretty one you got hanging in your living room. In fact, and I know, I know, Spates, this is, will be graphic, but 
I want us to remember what the real cross was. And Bo pulled us up a picture of the cross Jesus is talking about. I know that's graphic, and sometimes we like to whitewash things. Church, this is what your Savior did. This is what he was walking towards, and he knew it. This is what he had in mind when he said, take up your cross. We need to remember what it was. In today's culture, for Jesus to say, take up your cross, we could have an image of an electric chair or the gurney that they lay them on when they inject them because that's the meaning of this cross. This was their execution. This is what the criminal death was. That was the purpose of the cross. And look at verse 34, what what Jesus says. If any of you wants to be my follower, if you want to follow me, give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. Now, I know we use that phrase a lot of times, maybe you've said it, this is my cross to bear. If you read your devotion today in our Lent book, Reverend Lobdale, she says that most of the things that we put under that category, this is my cross to bear, really isn't a cross. It's a thorn in your flesh. And she's referencing to what Paul says when Paul said, man, I prayed and prayed, but God, for whatever reason, you, you're going to leave this thorn in my flesh. And what that means is we still will suffer, but it's still not the cross. It's still different than what Jesus was telling them. Jesus picked up his cross. He carried it to his own literal death. That's what he's referencing, folks. Not just our hardships. Nah, that's life. That's a thorn. Because what Jesus is referencing was not just just death, but public shame. Public humiliation. The crucifixion would mean that everyone, and when I say everyone, the government, the Roman people who were watching him, big brother watching Jesus, what's he doing? He's trying to mess up our kingdom. Everyone would mean all the religious leaders, they're watching Jesus, he's messing with church. (laughs) Even his friends, when he went to that cross, thought it meant failure. Brittany's saying, you're never going to let me down. Right? He doesn't let us down. It was not a failure. But Reverend Lobdell, this is how she says it. She said to take up his cross meant Jesus was aligning himself not only with the will of God, but also with the way of God. Let me say that one more time. To take up his cross meant Jesus was aligning himself not only with the will of God, but also with the way of God. We have to to grasp what this means this morning for you and I. 
Because if I say, let's do the will of God, yeah, okay. I'm, but then when we start laying out what the way looks like, that's where we start getting in our arguments. And I don't think that's the best way. That's what Peter was doing. Do you understand? He was all about following Jesus. He just wasn't so sure the way was the way. That's what the, the whole reprimand was about. And that means that Jesus understood the will of the Father. Maybe Peter had that different way figured out. Maybe that night at the garden, Jesus was trying to think of a different way. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about, church? When Jesus is in the garden the night, they arrest him, and he is, he is praying so hard that the blood is dripping. And he says, Dad, I, I don't want to do this. Because he knew that cross was where he was headed. He's like, if you got any other plan, any other way, but not my will, your will be done. And when he said that, he said, not my will, but your will, not my way, but your way. Church, take up your cross. That's what Jesus is telling us this morning. Because Jesus surrendered to the way of the Father. Man, I could think of a whole lot of different versions on how God could have achieved atonement for us. And I don't understand why he chose the way he did. That's his way. The cost of discipleship is to follow the same path that Jesus followed. Remember, I said this message could get a little uncomfortable. It's like putting on those jeans you didn't wear for six months. Could get a little tight. Because you see, we call ourselves Christians. I'm guessing 100% of you sitting here, if I ask, you would say, I'm a Christian. To be Christ-like, to be a Christ follower is what that means. But look at verse 34 again. If any of you want to say you are a Christian, you have to stop trying to live your own life. Take the harder path that may feel uncomfortable and even get you laughed at so you can follow Jesus. That's the BJ translation, by the way. <laughs> if you're like, I didn't see that in my Bible whatsoever. But that's what it would translate to you and I today. You know, there's a good chance that Peter was tempting Jesus to take the easier way. Who is all about easy? Man, I'm all about easy. That's why Bo, Bo is all about easy. What is that word? Think smarter, work smarter, not harder. Is that what it is? Thomas always uses that. Because we want the, the easy way, the familiar way. Wow, yeah. That's why it's so easy for us to get in a rut at church. That's why 2020 just blew us out of the water because if you've ever been mudding and you've been stuck in those ruts and you try to pull your ATV out of that rut, it gets a little dicey and can get a little scary. It can flip you over. I, there's a, a guy I follow on social media from North Arkansas, actually. He was in an ATV accident where they just hit a, a rut, threw him out. He's paralyzed now from the waist down trying to recover. Ruts, it's a real thing, even in 
church. And Peter said, wait, there's got to be a different way because what you're talking, Jesus, is crazy stuff. But verse 35, what did Jesus say? If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, for the sake of the good news, you'll save it. Hanging on to life as we know it means losing the life as God wants it for you. We love being called a Christian. We love coming to church. But unfortunately, we also love to live our lives the way we like to live our lives. Honest. I'm not, I'm not even joking when I pray for you guys that I want you to leave here changed people. That means when you go out there, you're changed. Not sitting here. When you go out there, I want God to change your lives. You know, after quarantine, when we became uh, uncomfortable in our clothing, we had to make a choice. Either, eh, get back on the bandwagon, lose a little weight so those jeans fit, or we had to buy new clothes. Yeah, pastor has found stitch fix. <laughs> I'm taking that easy path out, I'm just telling you, right? But we did. We had choices to make then, right? Here's the real life again. Jesus says, you have choices to make. You know, on the one hand, keep living the way you're living. And it's a choice. It's a choice. On the other hand, give up the way you're living and focus on Jesus and the good news. And it's not always, listen to me, church, because some of you sitting here like, oh, she's in my business. Or some of you are like, I really don't know how this affects me. I'm not even talking about sinful living. Mm -mm. You know, sometimes it's about just surrendering control of God. What do you want me to do? You know, today uh, we talked about how we can love on our kids. We talked about how we love on our community with helping Jeannie and helping Amy. God, you want me to make time to do this? It's not something I would normally do. It's not something I've ever done. But I've got able hands. I could help. Sometimes we just got to choose. You know, some more reading in your devotion today in the Lent book was from the book of Jeremiah and the book of 1 Corinthians 9. And in Jeremiah, they're talking about the false prophets. Now remember, Jeremiah is talking um, to the Israelites as they are in captivity, right, in Babylon. But there was these false prophets that were showing up going, oh, it's going to be okay. Like, God's got you. It's good. He'll fix it. Don't worry about it. Jeremiah came along and said, it's not so good. Like, yeah, God ain't going to leave us. But we will be here for 70 years. And that's reality. But God still loves us. He's going to be with us. He wants us to continue to live a life right where we're at in the middle of the mess. And so in Jeremiah, there's this warning about these false prophets. Prophets that maybe are like Peter. Oh, no, 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 no. It's okay. It's okay. God is good. You know, as a pastor, I, I do have to be careful because we want to do that. We want to give people hope, right? That's, that's what Jesus is about. 
but I can't make false promises if God didn't tell me to say it. And that goes for you too, right? And so that's what Jeremiah is telling us. But then you, you flip over to 1 Corinthians. Paul, he says, you know what? He's like, I, I, I give up my life. I'm, I, I just, I am who God needs me to be in every situation that I'm in. Why? He said, so that I can bring many to Christ. So when I'm sitting here talking about you surrendering life, it's not just so you can live a good life and we're the great Christians and we're so pretty. Life is good. No, it's because God has a will and a way and it's to take as many people to heaven with us as we can. That's our purpose. The question becomes the way, right? (laughs) The way. Peter's response was human in this passage. We prefer comfort. We prefer ease. We prefer privilege over giving up things. Like, yeah, that's a no-brainer. That's human. And again, it doesn't mean it's necessarily a bad thing, right? doesn't mean... But we got to be open. And, and honestly, Peter was just thinking there's a better way. There's a better way than death. Church, most of us will do anything to avoid death. Do we not? We change our eating. We exercise. We take the medicines. We do everything we're supposed to do. We're trying to wear masks to help people. You know, we, we want to avoid death. So I get where Peter's coming from. And it doesn't make sense anyway because Jesus is their new leader. He's the Messiah. He's come to save God's people. How can he do that, Lord, if he's dead, right? Again, they wasn't understanding God's view of things yet. They still didn't have the complete picture. My question this morning, who is called to live in this way? Because... We're called to the difficult, uncomfortable way of the cross, just like Jesus. I showed you that picture of the cross. I hope from now on when you see, and and I'm not against pretty crosses. I have them. I love them. They have scripture on them. But never forget the true cross as we are approaching Easter. And, you know, I I, I wondered with this message, like I know there's going to be young kids in here, and I... I told Bo, I said, you know, we did filter through. There was some that I was like, eh, that's a little too zoomed in. I don't want to go there, you know, today. But it's the real cross. And our babies need to know that too. Because the world is going to give them a whole different version if we don't give them the truth. Adults, you need to know it. Because the world has given us a whole different version if I don't give you the truth today. We look up to people who sacrifice normal way of life, right? When I think of people who sacrifice their life to follow God, I think of Mother Teresa who gave up everything to serve the lepers. I think of our missionaries who give up the the comfort and the safety of American life to go overseas. It it was kind of touch and go for some of them during this pandemic. You know, because they didn't want foreigners in their lands. And we had some that we had to get to some safety. So I think of our missionaries. 
And maybe you even think of us pastors. Well, yeah, you're the one that has to give up everything. Like, you can't drink, and you can't, you can't do this, and you can't do that, because everybody's looking at you. But I want you to look at verse 34 again. Then, calling who? The crowd to join his disciples. He's calling to the crowd to join his disciples. If any of you wants to be my follower. Church, he's calling all of us to this. Not some of us. Not just the pastors. Not the ones that might be a missionary someday. Not just my board members. All of us. Because see, we're the crowd. We're outside that original disciples. And he says, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. He's being so honest. And this is one of those messages maybe they didn't completely get yet until after the fact. We get the joy of hindsight 2020. We know way more than they did at that moment. This journey of Lent that you and I are taking right now leads to the cross. In just a couple of weeks, we'll be at the cross. But it also leads to resurrection. But the way to resurrection, man, we like that resurrection part. We love that, you know, God saves us and we're going to be resurrected again, right? you got to go through the cross to get there. There's no other way. That's why when we baptize, man, I, I, I had such joy baptizing shy a couple weeks ago. When we baptize... We know that we are joining in the death and the resurrection when we're lifted up. But some of us today, we're still holding on to life like we like it. So like, I really hate when the pastor says, can anybody help? Because I ain't got time. Hold on to that life. (laughs) Hold on to it. You see, we're scared of being an outcast. And that's a real thing. When I turned my life over to Christ, I quickly became the Bible thumper of the family. My brother, the one that passed away last year, he quickly told me, you're not fun anymore. (laughs) Because I just didn't do things we used to do. Because God began to work on me. And I tell you all this over and over, though. The things that God has opened up for me because I gave up my own way, I wouldn't trade it ever to go back. Not ever. Oh, sometimes it would, it would be easier. Oh, there's times that I've even had those times. When the depression hits and the things, life crumbles around you and you just think, I'm done. Like, God, I know you're still there. I know you're a good God. But I just don't think I can walk. I don't think I can carry the cross anymore. Because I'm tired. Anybody know what I'm talking about? 
That's okay to admit that, by the way. It's okay to admit that you've been at the bottom and say, God, I just don't want to get back up. Even when you see the hand reaching for you and you're like, eh, please don't pick me back up. And maybe that's what Peter thought that day. Because he also understood if I'm going to follow, follow Jesus, if I'm, going to, if I'm going to be all in, then maybe I'm walking towards my death too. Wow. Count your costs, Jesus says. Church, who do you choose today, though? That's really what it comes down to. God simply is asking, how do you want to live your life? Your way or my way? Well, God, I I want to follow your will, yeah, but do you want to follow my way? Who's ready to give up your way today to see what God has in store? I know that's scary. You know, for young people, it's scary because, man, they've got dreams and they've got hopes and they've got things that they want to do. And they're not sure. Man, if I'm really, if I am all in, what does that mean? And some of the older folks in here, y'all think, yeah, yeah, I've already walked away. No, you're not done. You're still sitting here. That means you're just sort of looking at retirement. I don't find retirement in my Bible. (laughs) I just don't. I, me and Thomas talk about it quite often. He's the, he's the planner. He's the one that thinks ahead of things and he always thinks about retirement funds and those kind of things. And I just don't, don't pay it no mind because I'm like, we're not retiring. We may change jobs. Maybe we become a missionary somewhere. Maybe we just do something different. I, I just, I don't see it. In the kingdom, we don't retire. We just change positions here and there. Change what we do. So, who's ready to do that today? Who's ready to say, I'll give it up? Not, you know, because we have this habit. Remember I said we get in a rut? You come to church to receive. God's way is to give. When we receive salvation and grace... God's way is to turn around and give it now. Are you ready to give? Are you ready to, to love on people just because? I think that was the, is that what I said, Amy Jo, about our uh, household helps? I said, who wants to just randomly love on people for no reason? And then she corrected me. She goes, oh, no, there's a reason. <laughs> yeah, because Jesus loves them. Too many have sat for too long only receiving from churches. And I'm not just talking our building. I'm talking churches. We've considered it where we come. We get entertained. We get, um, we get programs. And, and, you know, I'll come to your church when there's something for my kids. I got kids growing in Christ bigger than anything in this church right now. And they can come and spit this sermon back out to me in a way. Jackie, do you remember several months ago, Jake drew us a a picture and and you and I couldn't even understand it because it was the one with all the arrows that went back up to God and he kept saying, this goes to God and this goes to God, you know? And you and I, we we were like, okay. And I I really, these kids helped me because I I leave here and I go, what did they hear? And that day I was like, I don't know what he heard. Like, 
And then, and then Thomas explained it to me. You talked about sanctification. You talked about giving everything to God. That was his version of giving everything to God. <laughs> yes, it was. Are you ready to give? To give the goodness of God to somebody else? Stand with me this morning, church. Something today felt uncomfortable. Something in the message. You know what I'm talking about. Are you ready to just bow hearts before God and say, God, I surrender. And I want to I want to do things your way now. Lord, we come this morning and Father, this, this message has just worked on me this week. We come so eager, Lord, to receive your love and your grace. We come so eager, Lord, that we want to do your will. But forgive us, Lord, that we come too eager to tell you how to do it. May we begin to open our our hearts, our hands, <laughs> and surrender in a moment that says, God, I want to, I want to follow in your way. God, I, I did this so many years ago in, in a, in a bedroom in Dardanelle, and I just hit my knees and I said, God, I don't know if life my way is working. I want to do it your way. I didn't understand what I was doing even at the moment. I, I see it now, Lord. And oh, the changes that you made, and I am so thankful this morning. That song just reminded me, you are a good, good God. And in those moments, Lord, that I was fearful, I, I, I thought you were taking things from me, you were only adjusting the path for me. Because I would have never dreamed where I stand today. God, there are people in this audience, there are people on live stream. You have a plan, a purpose, a way that you want to work through their life. And you're just waiting for surrender. You're just waiting for a yes. Yes, Lord, I'll take up my cross. God, I know, I know it's going to cost me. It's going to cost me possibly family, Lord. It's going to cost me some friends, Lord. It's going to cost me some dreams, maybe. But I trust you, God. I trust you that what you have is so much better. Church, if that's you today, could you just slip a hand up and say, pray for me because this is what I want today. I want God's way. Thank you. I see that hand. Father, those that accept that today, I just pray your Holy Spirit to hover close to them. Because I know when they leave this building, the enemy is going to try to oppose what they just said yes to. So God, I, I pray that it's your voice, the Holy Spirit in their life, they'll hear that whisper to just confirm what you just spoke to them. Father, those that are online, uh, God, may you just confirm and may they share with us online what you are doing in their life. But God, what I'm excited about is when we say yes to this call, it changes our families. It changes our friends. It changes our community because they begin to see who you are. And that's what we should be about. 
showing people who you are, the hope and the grace and the mercy God has through Jesus Christ. Lord, be with your people this week. I know we're on vacations and people are kind of scattered, but God, will you just be with your people this week, right where they are. May they be a witness for Jesus. May our eyes and ears be open for ways that we may serve you this week and blessing others. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Church, have a blessed, beautiful Sunday and go be a blessing to someone this week. Have a great week. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.